Hola. Hello. Bienvenidos a Entrero. A podcast about waiting bilingual children. I do like to read with my mama. Family dynamics play a really important role in language acquisition, of course. Um, it really... Family dynamics matter because it's a big indicator of the input that the child receives regarding languages, right? So if in the home um, people speak Spanish or speak English, that is the input that the child is listening or is hearing for during that time where he is at home. This is Dr. Annie Castilla Earls, a professor at the University of Houston, where she researches language development in monolingual and bilingual children. Correct, exactly. In this episode, we explore different family dynamics and how they impact how our children learn a minority language. We think about how we talk to our children, what we say, how we say it, and the impact it has on them. When you add to this the language in which we say these things, it can get complicated. I speak Spanish with my daughter. Her father speaks English. That's our special sofrito. And it works mainly because my husband is a passive Spanish speaker. He understands everything we say and can sometimes even respond in Spanish. But we still find ourselves speaking more English than Spanish as a family, and that is definitely a concern. We know that the language of the home matters more earlier in development when the child spends more time at home. And it seems that it matters less later on when the child is going to school and now is spending eight hours of the day at school. So it does matter a lot. It generally explains a lot of the variance in bilingualism or in language development for children who are raised in bilingual homes. The amount of input a child receives in the minority language is an important variable in determining outcomes. Researchers often look at how many hours per day children are exposed to each language. It's like an equation. So if it is a child who grew up in a Spanish-speaking home and this child is not going to daycare, right? Like, for example, he's saying at home, his main language is going to be Spanish if that is the language of the home. But when that changes grammatically when the child goes to either daycare or school, depending on the language of the school or the daycare. Even if the language of the home is the minority language, as in Annie's case. Even for me, who's, my kids go to dual language school and they receive instruction in Spanish, but the language of play, the language of socializing is still English. So I cannot assume that my kids are receiving the same amount of input in Spanish that they were receiving before, even if they're in dual language programs. The language of the home or the family dynamics of the language is more important when the child is at home and later when they go to school. The language of the school and the language of the friend seems to become more important to determine outcomes. Research by Anique de Hauer, a Belgian researcher specialized in bilingualism, looked at why some children raised in bilingual environments spoke two languages while others did not. She examined different bilingual families to determine if some patterns yielded more monolingual children than others. So what de Hauer found is that The couple combination that is more successful at being at raising bilingual kids was when both parents spoke the minority language at home. 
Looking only at input from mom and dad, a family like mine would be less successful because while my home dynamics are similar to Monica's, my husband doesn't speak that much Spanish and communicates solely in English with our daughter. Right? So let's think about why. Because the input, right, becomes more relevant in our home. There are going to be more Spanish in our home in comparison to, for example, an hour in Paula's home where Spanish and English will be spoken, if that is the only thing that we're taking into account. While this may sound discouraging, other factors come into play. Having other people around, even if it's not permanently in the environment who are Spanish speakers, speakers of the minority language definitely helps. Now, the traditional approach, there is a lot on the literature about the one-parent, one-language approach um, as a successful um, strategy to raise bilingual kids. And the reality is that we have very little, very few, the evidence is not very strong related to how successful that strategy is. Why? Because still, if it's only one, let's say, if it's only the mom who won't speak Spanish, but then dad speaks English and the whole community speaks English, mom speaking Spanish is not going to be enough to raise a bilingual child in the United States. And I think that's when a lot of the, you know, disconnects between the mother saying, but I'm trying my best, I'm doing all this, I'm speaking Spanish, my child is responding to me in English. That's when we see yes, because only, you know, only one person speaking Spanish is just not enough. So one part and one language in the United States is not necessarily the approach that is going to lead to successful bilingualism. This is Pablo. Here, he's talking about his daughter Elisa, who is five and the eldest. Vicente, his youngest, is two. Pablo is a native Spanish speaker and speaks just a bit of English. Here, he talks about his concerns with maintaining Elisa's Spanish. Elisa speaks Spanish beautifully. She has an extensive and beautiful vocabulary. And of course, the incentive to speak Spanish is always there, because with me, everything is in Spanish. But I've noticed that in the past year, the dominant language has switched to English. I try my hardest to speak to my kids in Spanish. This is Ali, Elisa and Vicente's mom. She's bilingual. Sometimes they do hear me speak in English when I talk to other people but I try my hardest to address them 100% in Spanish. For, for me, it was, uh, they were gonna learn Spanish at home for sure. So we, ha and, and we knew that they were gonna learn English at school for sure, because if they go to school in the US, they're going to have to learn English. So um, we made a conscious choice to make Spanish the, the primary language at home. I told my family who speaks both languages to speak to them only in Spanish. I asked them to only address them in Spanish so that they keep that um, language because I know with their friends, just like I speak with my friends, they're going to speak English. This is why we want to send our kids to a dual language school. My family doesn't speak English and I have to ensure that they can have a relationship with them. 
que, que, que mis hijos no This tengan is super relación con mis, con mis papás. Porque, no sé, lo siento que es súper importante eso. When Elisa entered school, Spanish was her dominant language. But Pablo and Ale are noticing that this is starting to change. Es, yo sí. Mucho. I have noticed lately that when Elisa is playing, she does so in English. So I sit next to her and ask if we can play in Spanish. When she speaks to me in English, I ask her to repeat it to me in Spanish. Yeah, I have the same experience with Elisa ever since she started school. Before she would speak 100% Spanish, even though she would hear me speak English here and there, she would play pretend English, but she wasn't really speaking in English. And then she started to learn to speak English in school, and now she speaks English. And she also noticed in parks that the other kids would speak English. So I would show her basic things in English, like, hi, my name is Elisa, do you want to play with me? Because the other kids wouldn't play with her because they were speaking in English and she was speaking in Spanish. Then socially, she learned English, and I feel that that's why it's become what she's trying to speak more, because it's what she's using more with the people her age. This is perfectly normal. Annie, who we heard from earlier in the episode, sees it with her own kids. Of course, makes sense, right? We will all use the language we know, which turns into be English. We cannot take the input, the bilingual family dynamics, outside the bigger context. What do I mean by that? That what it is truly important in many ways is what is the language of the majority in the community and which one is the minority language. Because of course, the minority language is the one that is gonna be harder to maintain or to speak or to acquire. So I think the examples or the discussions we can have today are based on the case for the United States where English is still the majority language, is the language that everyone speaks and Spanish is a minority language, not only in terms of how many speakers of the language there are, but also in terms of the sociopolitical status of the language in the community. The language abilities of the mom also matter. If the mom speaks Spanish and English, Okay, she is, and I know this is gonna sound crazy, she's less likely to raise bilingual children than if she only speaks Spanish. Yeah, okay, so why? Because if she doesn't speak, if the mom doesn't speak English, right? Her only option is Spanish, so dad has to probably speak a lot more Spanish, right? And the kids have not the option to reply to her in English as much. Right? She's establishing, wait a minute here, the language is Spanish and there is not much I can do. So, so in general, we know that when the mom is bilingual, then we are more likely to accept English responses to say certain things in English in social situations, right? So that makes sense. I think the whole time I, I thought I was only going to speak Spanish to him. Or that was my, that was my goal, that was my dream but things did not go according to plan. And I speak English to him too. This is Carolina. She lives with her husband, an English speaker, and two sons, ages five and seven. Even though Carolina speaks Spanish, when her first son was born, she was surrounded by other English-speaking moms. 
so she spoke mostly in English. It was just easier, and if we were out and about, I felt like if I spoke Spanish to him, it was just not like uh, not as easy to make other friends. Eventually, Carolina realized that had to change. David, my oldest, um, he's very extroverted. He's very outgoing, but during one of our trips to Colombia. I realized that the language barrier was actually making him act differently. Like he was super shy when we were there. He, he had a real hard time connecting to people. And that's when I realized I want him to be able to like, I, want, I don't want him feeling that way. I want him to feel just as comfortable in Colombia as he does here. And um, the exposure to Spanish from just myself was not enough for him to pick up the language. So once he started in the bilingual school and he started learning about all these other cultures and about uh, that we all share Spanish, but there's other elements to the cultures too. And I think he understood better where the place that I come from. He's he was more interested in learning about it too, and and that immediately changed. Like he became more, he's more accepting of it now. He wants to know more about my country. He wants to know more about Colombia. He wants to know more about the music, um, the artist. Um, and uh, I think it, it also helped our relationship because it's like now we have that extra connection that I think was missing at first. Let's be honest, when we hear what the research says about family dynamics, it feels like all odds are stacked against us. It's only natural that our kids favor English, the majority language. But when they ask you to read to them in the target language or speak fluently with another native speaker, you see that the effort that you're putting in is making a difference. We asked our guests for some final thoughts about what they've learned on their bilingual quest. If you know you are on the on the deficit side, meaning you don't have enough Spanish in the home, then you have to make sure that things that happen are in Spanish or to provide as many opportunities as you have under your control. Because we cannot control everything. I think the, the most important thing is to give the child an interest in learning multiple languages. Um, to foster that interest. So even like playing, like making up words or making up your own language at your house just to show interest in language in general. I have to be constantly correcting Elisa because now she wants to respond to me in English and I have to always be saying, tell me in Spanish. I know this is going to be a lifelong thing. 
But I also know that she will study Spanish, be it at school or independently. Spanish will be a language she will learn how to read and write perfectly. Challenges present themselves at different stages of your life and you can, I mean, you have a set goal. My set goal was I want them to be bilingual. And it doesn't matter if it takes you longer to get there or if, if you have to take a different path. Uh, for me, my f the first years were more about survival and English was our, the primary way for me to communicate with them and uh, for disciplining and everything. So I don't think I would change anything. Now that they're um, more accepting of the language, now we're exploring more. I feel more encouraged to talk to them in Spanish. They like it. They enjoy it so i think i think the enjoyment part needs to be there Thank you so much to our guests for opening up their bilingual homes to us and to Annie Castilla Earls for sharing her research and wisdom. We'd love to hear about your family's bilingual dynamic at our Entre Dos Facebook group. And find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Entre Dos Podcast. Also check out our network, All Points West at allpointswest.net. Hasta la próxima. Nos vemos. West.